You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And he's exploded away at the top of the lane. Margin 25 metres. Whisper a secret. Runs for second. Deeper out. Does flatter. Regatto Daitilli. Then naturally gifted. The derby is all over. It's going back to Victoria. The lost storm, the favourite, has made a one act of it. And it's Catch a Catch away with a big lead now. He's put a big gap on uh, Hugo Rocks. Give it a try. Runs on. But Catch a Wave is going to absolutely bolt in here. He is a star. But look at him go. Captain Ravishing around the final turn. He has opened up. Third quarter in 27.4. Captain Ravishing. He's going to be the most talked about horse in harness racing anywhere in Australasia. How about that for a win? Captain Ravishing, we salute you. Leap the fame. Can't find a better man. Tim's a trooper. Muscle bar behind them. Leap the fame in front. Fame and fortune. A glorious delight. He'll take the derby. Well, if that doesn't get you fired up for this rich prize money race, the richest harness race in the world, I don't know what will. And leap to fame at the moment with Tab is $1.80. Catch a wave. We just heard three eighty. Captain Ravishing. He's each way odds 13. And the Lost Storm at Chris Corbett winning the Derby at Albion Park a few months back is $4.80. Chris Barsby is with us now. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yes, yes very much looking forward to this race on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so you've thrown it around in your head plenty of times as to how it might play out after the first four or five hundred metres. What are you thinking at this stage? No, I think catch a wave. I think connections have made it clear. I did speak with Andy Gath yesterday afternoon and uh, he said that the, the clear decision that they will make is to stay in front of uh, leap to fame. The fact that they've uh, drawn inside him, they want to hold that advantage. So I think it looks fairly obvious that he's going to be in front. So, you know, leap to fame is going to have to do all the work um, at some point. But you just know that he's capable of doing it. This is his wheelhouse, 2,400 metres. He's got a superb record at Benangle. He's won the New South Wales Derby. He's won the, the, uh, the Breeders' Challenge final last year. And I, I know that uh, the, the camp... Uh, Grant and Trista Dixon are super happy with the way he's handled the last 10 days in particular. His work's been outstanding. Uh, handled the trip down really well on Sunday. Settled in really well. So uh, I know they're, uh, they're full of confidence. And, um, you know, that, that's no real shock. Uh, he is the favourite. But uh, it has just been smooth sailing over the past 10 days. And if he gets to the death seat, Chris, or outside the lead, no, nothing will go around, will it, um, to try and get outside yeah, the lead? Not. I think what will be interesting, Steve, early in this race is those positions like who wants to get onto the back of catch a wave? Like who's going to be leaders back? Who's likely to end up one out, one back if Leap to Fame works around? So there might be some early jostling early just to get those, you know, prime positions, leaders back, one, one, give themselves every chance of, you know, weighing in. So that might be interesting, but uh, I think Catch a Wave looks the leader, and I think at some point in the race, Leap to Fame is going to be outside him. How much gate speed's the Lost Storm got, Chris? 
Well, it's, it's probably hard to gauge, Steve, because, you know, he's only raced his own age group at this point. So here he is taking on, you know, uh, older horses, four-year-olds, and a few of these are Grand Circuit proven, like uh, Catch a Wave and, and Leap to Fame. So it's probably hard to tell, but I think he's got, I think he's got enough. If they want to sort of run the arm with him, uh, I, I, I would expect uh, he'd be able to get off the gate and get into a pretty good spot. So... Whether he ends up leaders back or one one time will tell, but uh, I think he'll be in a good spot. Nathan Dawson's with us. Nathan, if you were driving Leap to Fame, how would you handle it? Good morning. Uh, yeah, you know, I like him not positive. Um, you know, he's quite a nice horse, as he's proven, and, you know, he's pretty versatile, but I think his strengthness, you know, and staying ability is probably, you know, his key asset. Is it still unproven, Nathan, with Catch a Wave at a distance? We know how good he is at the short course racing, Chariots of Fire, the Miracle Mile. He did the double earlier this year, but is there still that little bit of uncertainty with with Catch a Wave running out a strong 2400 or beyond? Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. You know, he's he's obviously a very nice horse, and he's proven that. But um, you know, and until you really test him, you know, a true staying short um, horse, you know, it's it's hard to really know. Right. Well, that's the Eureka. The race that I wanted to focus with you this morning is the Group 1 Lensmith Mile, the race uh, prior to the Eureka. And this is an outstanding lineup. And first and foremost, just looking at this field, was there any sort of shocks or surprises as far as the depth was concerned for you here? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, it's generally a pretty strong race each and every year, so... You know, although it's a strong field, um, there's probably not really any standouts in it. Okay. Are you happy to be driving hot and treacherous on, on what he did through the recent constellations? Yeah, I am. You know, um, he's proven himself through there, and you know he's overcome bad barriers. You know, and raced competitively against the best of them. So, um, you know, he's definitely going to hold his head high um, in this race again. Okay, a few things I want to talk about with Hot and Treacherous. First and foremost, just looking at the tab prices, he's $17. Is that just a little disrespectful for what he did during the carnival? I think so. I mean, if you go back and look at him, uh, you know, he's beaten a lot of these horses home before, and not just once, but multiple times. So, um, you know, it's always the way it kind of is when a Queensland horse goes down there, but... Um, you know, he, he's going to prove what he can do on Saturday night. All right. The last time you drove in Sydney at Menangle, are we going back to Teddy Disco? Yeah, it was. Um, that was the last time I was down there. So that was about October last year, so it's almost 12 months. That was Breeders' Challenge time, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know, I don't get down there much, but um, when the opportunity arises, you know, I'm always happy to take it. Well, you're no stranger to Menangle. Do you like driving that big circuit? Yeah, I do. Um, I really enjoy driving down there. I was pushing for the new track up here to get out to 1400, but, um, you know, I do enjoy the big circuit. Okay. Now, with Hot and Treacherous, he hasn't started since the uh, the Blacks of Fake. He was placed behind Swayze and Leap to Fame. Tell us about that trial last week. 50 and change he recorded, and uh, he, he cut the mile himself. He was out there in front. So, what was the main takeaway from that trial? Yeah, he's really good. Um, you know, he's still good to the line. Um, you know, obviously, he wasn't going to be at his peak being first up for, you know, quite a while. But to do that, um, you know, and pull up really good, that's all we could ask for. Can I ask the question, is he is he better at the short course racing or 
Is he better at the long distance racing? The, the Blacks of Fate was 2600. He ran a ripping race in the Sunshine Sprint. He can go really fast time. Or is he just that perfect all-rounder? Yeah, he's pretty much that perfect all-rounder, you know. He's more of a horse, you know, in the long trips, you know, you can do a bit on him and, you know, driving confident. But you know, if you draw bad, he probably lacks that bit of high speed for the mile to come from back in the field. But in general, he's pretty much the perfect all-rounder. OK. So, judging by it, he's taken no harm from the Constellations to go out and do what he did in that trial. He hasn't gone backwards. No, I actually think, if anything, he's probably, you know, better than he was then, um, you know, he's climatised really well now and, you know, he seems to be taking the next step. Did he look any different uh, when you saw him at the trials last week? Yeah, he's really muscled up, you know, um, with Jack's program and the stand there. He's taken good benefit from it. So I'm actually pretty excited to get down there for Saturday night and show him what he can do. Okay, so how do you attack this race? So you've got saddlecloth number seven, so you'll start from six if the emergency comes out, cash and flow. So what are you sort of thinking early when you look at this field? Yeah, we'll just float across, you know, at the start and just see what's happening underneath us and, you know, you know, make our judgment after that. But, you know, I'd like to be pretty positive with him and, you know, get up there and, you know, give him his chance. Okay. The top two in the betting, interestingly, for this race on Saturday night, Spirits and William Macden. You beat both of them home last time you clashed in the blanks of fate. So it's um it, it's interesting. Well you know you know um you know well you know foreigner to those horses, so you know what they're capable of. Are, are they the main two though? Yeah, probably because of their draws, you know, if you if you turn the tables and we're underneath them, um yeah, sure it's a different story, but I think because of the draws, you know, it's probably fair enough for them to be favourites, but, you know, I'm definitely not worried about them. St. Louis can take this field all the way from the inside draw? Uh, probably. I personally think he's better off pace, but, um, you know, he's definitely got the speed and he's definitely nice enough horse to be able to do that. OK, and, and taking in, into consideration, if, if the weather conditions are fine, and they're likely to go sub-50, he can do it all the way? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, you know, he's a nice horse, and if everything, you know, aligns, I'm sure he can. Nathan, just picking you up there, you said Spirit of Louis, in your opinion, or Lewis, is better off speed. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I just, you know, personally, from watching him and all these things, he's a, he's a high-speed horse, and... You know, a few times that they've tried to be a bit more aggressive on him, you know, he probably hasn't shown, you know, what he can do. But, if you know, every time they've allowed him to, you know, come from behind, you know, he seems to go over the top of them. How do you sort of uh, rate these Victorians? And, and they're all hard in the market here. Mac Dan, as we mentioned earlier, raised him up here during the carnival. Better Eclipse, he was up here last year. And Rock and Roll Do, who was just, you know, enormous first up at Melton. How do you sort of rate them? Yeah, they're all nice horses, you know. Um, yeah, they wouldn't be in this if they weren't, you know, if the trainers weren't happy with them. So they're all nice horses, but, you know, um, some of them probably just rely on a bit of luck in running. Mm. In many ways, it could be a little bit of a dress rehearsal for the end of the minion later this year in Brisbane. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm sure majority of the field that didn't probably be in the, you know, in the minion later in the year, but... Definitely going to be an interesting race. OK. 
Okay, I want to put a couple of hypotheticals to you here. If you're 1-1 coming to the turn and, and they're absolutely flying, which I think they will be, can you come off cover and run them down? Yeah, I think I can. Um, you know, that would be ideal if that's the way it worked out. But, um, you know, definitely um, the spot to be. Okay. How do you think Horton Treacherous will handle the bigger track, the 1,400-metre track of Manangle? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. You know, he gets around this track. He's a good gated horse. Um, you know, I think, if anything, he's going to appreciate the long straight. You know, give him time to wind up. We're wishing you all the very best of luck there on Saturday night and all the team involved with Hot and Treacherous, Jack and Tara Butler. I think you'll run a ripper. He looks to be overs at the moment at $17, given what he did during the carnival. Did he go above and beyond for you during the carnival with some of those runs chasing Leap to Fame home? Uh, no, not really. You know, we knew he was a nice horse. Uh, you know, and he proved that a few times, where especially like the flash and red leading up to that when he did all the work, he was still too good for him, so... And you was a good horse, um, you know, he's probably just beaten a few by bad draws and that, but he knew he was always up to it. Are you looking forward to tackling a feature race with Hot and Treacherous without Leap to Fame in it? Yeah, definitely, you know, um, I think he's definitely capable enough to win, you know, a good feature race. Um, so if we get a you know, barrier draw and the right field, um, he's definitely up to it. All right, they've got an eight-race program there on Saturday night, and I find this hard to believe. You haven't been able to pick up another drive on the car. No, no, I'm just a, just a bloke from Queensland going down to enjoy myself, so see how we go. Okay, well, let me just throw some numbers at you. 265 winners so far this year. We've only had 242 days. That's not including today. So you're driving more than one a day. So you're just a bloke from Queensland going down to Menangle to drive in a Group 1 race and you can't get another drive on the program. That That is just staggering. Nah, it's just the way it is. You know, everyone's got their set drives. So, uh, you know, I'm sure if there's more Queenslanders down there, I might have. But, you know, it's always hard going to a different state, you know, to pick up more drives. Your lead is 92 92, so you're almost 100 wins clear of your nearest rival on the national premiership. Gary Ball Jr., the star, the champ from WA, is sitting second. That's enormous. Yeah, it is when you think about it, but, you know, I've had plenty of drives and, you know, really good support, so, you know, that's the only reason I'm sitting where I am. Okay, so you drive today, you've got another good book of drives today, you'll drive tomorrow night, then you'll catch the the plane down on Saturday. Uh, are you back at Marburg on Sunday? Yeah, I picked up some at Marburg, so we'll fly home Sunday morning and, you know, back into it again at Marburg. Okay, so that shows the level of dedication and commitment that you're making to this year because, you know, that, that's, uh, that's a fairly arduous sort of, um, you know, task that you've set yourself this weekend. So, you know, bottom line, you're, you're going for it this year, aren't you? You're trying to establish um, some new records here for Queensland. Yeah, I'm only trying to get 300. As I said, I've you know been disappointed in the last few seasons. I've always felt quite short of it. So that's the main aim. And you know, if we happen to get the record after that, you know, even better. Well, we've got we're about to start September. So there's September, October, November, December. You've got four months and you need less than 60 wings to get to 300. I think you've got to raise the bar a little bit higher. So 
can we sort of set a target of 365 to sort of coincide with a calendar year? Well, that's that's what I follow. You know, I try to aim, you know, for more wins than days in the year. So, you know, hopefully we can get there. If it'll be ideal, and you know, I'd be very pleased. Three hundred and fifteen is the current Queensland record. Uh, that that's that's going to go by the wayside. So, we'll aim for three sixty-five. So that's the, uh, the the target at this point. Hey, just a couple of other ones, just uh, before I let you go this morning. Adele was back at the trials on Tuesday. Uh, she's getting set for the end of the million for Jack and Tara Butler. Um, did she do what you expected her to do there on Tuesday? Yeah, she was good. You know, we copped through the check down the back when one of the horses was stopping and she made a break, but that wasn't her fault. But, no, she finished off really good and, you know, all things look good for her. All right. Funny Face just keeps winning. Is that gap closing now between Funny Face and Adele? Yeah, I think it is, you know. I don't think there's a lot between them. Um, you know, Funny Face is stepping up all the time and, you know, Adele's probably proven at the high level where, you know, Funny Face is yet to. Okay. So you might have to do a bit of juggling uh, as we get close to the end of the million for the trotters there because, uh, yeah, they're certainly on a, a collision course there, Adele and Funny Face. You've got Hot and Treacherous for the end of the million. Is there anything else that you've got sort of, uh, you know, lined up for the back end of the year with some of these features? Um, Teddy Disco's on the way back. Um, you know, I'm pretty keen to see what he can do coming back. Um, he was quite a nice horse. You know, probably a little bit disappointed towards the end of the year, but they found a few problems that now that they're on top of it. So I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. Right. Well, there's plenty of power there, so let's hope uh, things keep going as they have been throughout 2023. Hey, Nathan, really appreciate the time. Best of luck uh, over the next couple of days, in particular with that Group 1 uh, uh, race there in Sydney on Saturday night, the Lensmith Mile. Thanks, Chris. There's Nathan Dawson joining us. So they're astonishing numbers, Steve. So 242 winners. He's 92 clear of Gary Hall Jr. who sits second in the National Premiership. So 315, that's the, the figure that was set only recently by Pete McMullen, and uh, that's the most wins in a season. You would have to admit that uh, that, that figure is gonna go by the wayside given the pace that he's setting. So we've had 200, uh, 265 winners uh, for Nathan, 242 days, I can't read my own writing. So uh, it, it's quite astonishing. So. You know, he's going to obliterate that Queensland record. It will be fascinating to see what the final number is. Absolutely. Let's uh, talk uh, racing, harness racing from the West. And, and Matty Young's with us, Chris. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about with Matty this morning as well. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Hello, Steve. Um, first and foremost, Colin Brown has announced that he's going to uh, retire from driving. And uh, it's been a wonderful career. Uh, for Colin Brown, uh, I remember him being here and having Group 1 success uh, probably over 10 years or so ago now when he came over with Millwood Meg and won the Queensland Oaks and uh, he had that great association with Team Bond, Greg and Sky Bond. He's been a, a wonderful driver and a wonderful horseman for a long period of time. He was a, a great mate of the late, great Gavin Lang. So that's, that's a big news story over there in the West. Yeah, it is. And um, Colin decided to take a step back and uh, allow Madison, his daughter, to try and flourish in the role as main driver for his stable as well as her picking up drives for Michael Young and Gary Hall Sr. And uh, she's got a strong book of drives 
each and every Friday night. So um, Colin's made that decision and he's been an absolute uh, doyen of the sport, an icon uh, here in the West. And uh, as you said, he's had a great association with so many people over the years. We had the pleasure of doing a feature interview with Colin um, a year or so ago after he reached his uh, latest milestone. And he's just had a storied career where he came up through the ranks learning off to Jim the Jet Schrader here in the West. And um, he's learned off so many people and he's just been honing his craft for so many years. He's got a wonderful property uh, in the metropolitan area now. And, um, yeah, he's just he's just done wonderful things. He's gone about it the right way. And um, he's also been able to raise three daughters and... Uh, we see Chloe Brown, uh, his oldest daughter, is uh, with Dylan Edgerton Green and Madison Brown uh, with Gary Hall Jr. And they've both been able to... Chloe's been a Metropolitan winning trainer. Madison, of course, Metropolitan winning driver and uh, Group 1 winning driver as well. And uh, Kiara, their youngest daughter, hasn't really got involved in the sport, but they all come up through the pony trot ranks and you can just see uh, Colin beaming with pride when he sees uh, his family's success. And, yeah, I think he's going to enjoy sitting on the sidelines and still training them and enjoying watching uh, his daughter take the take the reins going forward. Yeah, very unassuming guy, but uh, wouldn't give an inch on a racetrack. No. <laughs> he's incredibly competitive, Brownie, and, um, yeah, he's, he's been uh, really um, good competitors with my father over the years in the driving ranks and uh, they have good banter between them so he's got a very uh, dry sense of humor does colin but uh, he's a very funny man and as you said very competitive on the racetrack yeah well we wish him all the best there but we won't uh, be losing him uh, as far as the the training caper is concerned he is still going to uh, train a small team there so all the best to colin brown one of the legends of the game what about Magnificent Storm? We haven't seen him since he raced here in the Blacks of Fake. Uh, that was against Swayze and Leap to Fame. He's now back home in, in WA. Am I right in saying a decision is going to be made, uh, certainly within the next week, whether or not they're going to push towards some of the bigger races uh, at Gloucester Park later in the year? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Possibly, you know, more than me on that situation. Um, yeah, I, I knew that he was getting back into WA in the middle of this month. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's still, there's still time for him to be able to butter up and head towards the pacing cup. And um, no doubt they've got plenty of races. They can really pick and choose where they would like to go with him. So it's just whatever is going to, I guess, not rush him is the big thing. Um, try and get a decent preparation into him and be able to get him uh, in tip-top order to be able to take on uh, whatever race they do line up, but I would imagine that the pacing cup would be at the forefront of their mind. It is the pinnacle of uh, harness racing here in WA, so um, usually if you've got a horse that's good enough to go in it, that's the one you want to be in. Okay, let me put this question to you, and it's a question without notice. Uh, say if they don't push towards the WA pacing cup at Magnificent Storm, we know Shockwave's going to be out. Who would be the number one horse for that race? Um... Good question. Uh, there's, we've seen a few come through over the winter months. I guess, I guess still the show, Mighty Ronaldo. Um, yeah, those, those couple, Tenzing Bromax, really stepping up and, and showing his ability. But um, yeah, it's sort of sort of hard to work out. We see Jumping Jack Max racing on Friday night in Diego. 
um, they're back. So things will start to get stronger heading towards uh, the summer months. But uh, at the same time, uh, the performance of Tenzing Bromack last Friday night, he really put his hand up as being one of the big chances heading towards a WA Pacing Cup. So, yeah, it really throws the door wide open to a lot of chances and no doubt it'll be tempo and barrier draw dependent. It's going to be very interesting, the countdown for the WA Cup. Let's talk about tomorrow night. This is a great program, 10 races, and we'll work backwards here. Race 10, the last race, the three-year-old. Never-ending's back in action. He's unbeaten, the running two-year-old of the year. Uh, he's 10 starts, 10 victories. He's at the trials we mentioned last week. Um, this is, you know, a pretty, pretty handy lineup. but does he just look too good for these? Uh, he does. Um, his trial probably impressed me far too much for a 2-1 mile rate but uh, just the way and the arrogance that he won the trial was um, yeah, just amazing so look I think um, I think he'll get the job done, small field he's got a few ways he can go about trying to win the race but I don't think they'll fire him out so I think he'll just be into a nice position, he'll treat this like a trial and uh, but there's, a, there's big raps on Louis Dior uh, number one, he's three from three in the state so be interesting to see how Louis Dior measures up. This is a real stepping grade for him in terms of depth of a field. There's only five in it, but to the horses he's taking on, a serious horse flash in never-ending Velocipede, Sorodere, and on the Black Flash, who he's no slouch in his own right. So, look, it is a really talented lineup, but never-ending. I think he's got the wood over them. He's He's something special, this bloke, and that was a fantastic trial win and really looking forward to seeing him back. OK, what about Waterloo then in race nine? It's two-year-old filly. She's the daughter of Sweet Lou. Seven starts, seven victories. She's going to go around at unbackable odds. Does she notch another victory tomorrow night? Well, she's got the tough draw, and look, it's, it's a really interesting race, Chris, because uh, Copycat Queen is a really smart filly in her own right. Uh, she's right up there with one of the main chances in that race. Grand Coteau showing good ability. Nase Vera was very impressive last start. Uh, so it just all depends on what happens at the start. Does Shannon press the button and try and get across the lead like he has done from wide draws with her in the past? Or uh, does he maybe treat this as an opportunity to sit her up and see how she can sprint home? But... I mean, there's good money on the line if she wins and no doubt she'll be coming out probably all guns blazing. It's just, uh, it's a really intriguing sort of race, but there is a bit of depth there. So she's very short, but uh, she's bumping into a couple that could really uh, stretch her neck. Okay, speaking of short, race eight, the trot. And this is probably weird for a lot of people to say, what are they talking about trotters in WA for? The Halls produced one earlier in the week. A former Victorian, Marengo Bay, went to Pinjarra. Uh, He was able to score... Does he look like a uh, pretty fair trotter over there? He's, look, the, the win was pretty soft on Monday. Only won by a neck, but the horse that he beat looks like he goes pretty decent in his own right. They were both first up in the West. Uh, Marengo Bay's got form around Bromwich, who uh, is pretty talented in his own right over here in the West um, and sort of had the wood over. That's not my gate. In Who's the horse? I think he's the one to beat. Um, or the, the biggest danger for Marengo Bay in this race tomorrow. So, um, yeah, look, we we'll still have to wait and see. He has got the ODS stamp next to his name, so uh, that's a little bit of a concern, I guess, from a, a trotting perspective because, you know, they can they do things wrong. Sometimes the trotters don't 
always get back down and pacing, but it'll be interesting to see how this horse does go. He's had the four standing start runs for a win in two seconds, so it's not like he, he can't do it. Um, but, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how he goes tomorrow. Could I suggest you taking the short odds about him? Probably not, because it's always fraught with danger with the trotters, as uh, you very well know, Chris. Absolutely. Speaking of the halls, race five, which is the main race tomorrow night, the Binshaw, and it's the get well Ernie Manning, the Binshaw. Uh, you're so fine, uh, you're so fine. Six from six, he's drawn gate two. Does he notch another win? Well, he can do. I guess talks up a storm holds the key. He's got the speed to potentially lead the race, but at the same time, uh, it is a $50,000 race and uh, he is first up. So they may look to probably take the cover on your so fine, which would then give him uh, the ability to wheel and deal out in front. Shell Patch is a runner that uh, we mentioned last week as our best and he was so impressive. He's one going forward that I'm really excited about, Shell Patch. It's he could be a bit of value in the event, but it's just a little bit of a tricky draw as to where he gets to. But your horses like Raven Banner, Armour X Factor, Hoppy's Way, Soho Dow Jones, Goodfellas, uh, he was a return successful in the San Simeon. So it's a really nice field and a really good test for your so fine, but he has got that draw advantage and no doubt will be pushed off the arm to try and get to the front. He's had a few runs back now. He's undefeated this preparation and they'll probably push the button and try and keep forward of all their dangers in the Binshaw final. OK, good tipping last week with Shell Patch as well. And the free-for-all race four tomorrow night. Uh, so the Halls, as you mentioned, uh, they've got a strong hand here. Uh, Diego's back. Jumping Jack Mack is back. They've got Prince of Pleasure in there as well. Who takes the Open tomorrow night? Yeah, look, as I mentioned about the feature races heading towards the uh, end of spring, summertime, um, Look, barrier draws are going to come into play big time in these sort of races and Prince of Pleasure. Not only has he got the barrier draw over the stable mates, jumping Jack Mack and Diego, he's also got the race fitness. So I think he'll be able to do enough and lead here and he just travels really well out in front. He looks really hard to beat. Still the show is going really well. He was a good third last start behind you also fine. The second two starts ago was really good. So that was also behind you also fine in the marathon handicap. So he's racing really strongly. And it'll just be interesting to see how Denny plays that from gate two. Does she go in behind Prince of Pleasure, knowing full well that she might not see the light of day uh, in that race again? So it is a fascinating event. Small field suits, jumping Jack, Mac, Diego. I think it looks a little bit tricky for him. And uh, no doubt uh, both him and jumping Jack, Mac are going to need a little bit of match fitness. So you see there's a few horses in the race just starting to come back to uh, wards racing and heading towards the end of the spring. Uh, but Prince of Pleasure does look like the one who's going to be able to lead and potentially win this free-for-all. Cracking card. We've gone through Mo's, but where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? Race three, number three, Kimball will be leading and will be winning. Ooh, like the confidence there. Three by three, Kimball. G Hall Jr. Yeah, yeah. In, in Gary, we trust. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I'm working on a bit of news, so I'll bring this to you next week, but I think there's a, a couple of nice horses headed your way, so I'll, uh, I'll get to work on that, and uh, I'll report back next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Of course, uh, this is the time of year where the weather's starting to fine up over here. It's beautiful conditions here in the west, and, uh, yeah, we start to see the good horses come out of their caves and uh, out of the winter cave and try and... Uh, show their best and yeah we've got some great races coming up of course the Oaks, the Derby, the Mayor's Classic, the Golden Nugget, 
the pacing cup. There's just some absolute cracking races at the Golden Slipper, the West Spreads. There's just so many, so much talent and uh, feature races that we're going to see here in the next few months. And it all starts pretty much now. So uh, tomorrow is the first day of spring here and uh, it's our own spring carnival working into the summer carnival. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Matty, we'll talk uh, next week. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers, guys. There's Matty Young joining us from the West, Steve. So plenty happening over there. And I'll, uh, I'll get to work and chase up a couple of nice horses that look like uh, calling Perth home in the coming weeks and months. Just a bit of other news, Steve. Now, uh, just in regards to the, um, uh, the, the, the melee that took place at Albion Park on Blacks of Fake Night, Jason Grimson's appeal is tomorrow. So it's Friday, 10.30, and as far as Jack Trainer is concerned, his appeal is set down for Wednesday, September 13, at 9.30. So Jason Grimson tomorrow at 10.30, Jack Trainer 9.30 on Wednesday, the 13th of September. Just some other news as well. Uh, the Vic Bridge series is well and truly underway. We mentioned this earlier in the week, and Emma Stewart is set to play a really big hand well. Uh, we're not joking because last night Ballarat there was three-year-old heats. We had the two-year-olds on Tuesday night at Kilmore and Emma's won uh, a lot of heats for both the Colts and Geldings plus the Phillies as well. A couple of surprises there last night. School captain finishing well down the line. So uh, a little bit of a concern there. I'm not even sure if he'll qualify for the, uh, the next stage. As far as the Phillies that uh, were involved in that fall and it was eventually called a no race, it did feature... Everard, the daughter of Faruga Gold, she won the Breeders' Classic. She was a runner-up in the recent triad up here. Uh, she'll qualify. I think they took the, the top eight from that heat and uh, they qualify for the next stage. So Everard will get to go around in the uh, the next stage of Vic Bread heats there. James Herbertson, this is a young kid, Steve. This guy's got any amount of ability. Earlier in the week, he brought up win number 1,000 as a driver, James Herbinson. So if you follow him, uh, keep following him. If you're not following, you've got to follow him because this kid can drive. Queen Elite is back in action on Saturday night at Melton. Behind the tapes as well, Steve, going around in that championship series race. Good quality race as well. Her stable mate, which is in North America, Aldebaran Zeus. Brent Lilly is now in North America. He had a trial earlier in the week. I think he went around at uh, uh, Chester and uh, he finished second in a trial. He's getting set for that big feature trot race at Yonkers. Still about 10, 12 days away, but he was able to stretch his legs there and finish second in a workout over there. Arna Donnelly, the North Island trainer from New Zealand, makes uh, uh, her debut in Australia this weekend. She's got uh, a couple of runners here. Can go, the open class horse. So he's going to do what sort of copy that tried to do, put a bit of miles into his legs before going back for a shot at the New Zealand Cup. So he'll start on Saturday night at Melton. Uh, Anna's also got her very good trotter, uh, Virginia Clowers, here as well. Harry's Deal, this is a really well-regarded youngster from New Zealand that's now found his way to Queensland, and he's going to trial today between races. Now with Daryl Graham, he was purchased for big money. There was a lot of big stables chasing this horse. He ended up coming to Queensland, so he's going to trial today. Just on trials, earlier in the week, Lord Zarice, the son of Changeover, he was able to win a trial and rate fast time for Shane Graham and Kelly Dawson. LL Cool J, uh, he's been a multiple feature race winner for Shane Graham. He's been the subject of a few offers for North America at this stage. It looks like he is going to stay. Disappointing news for Queensland, soap opera. I was hoping to get uh, Darren Weeks on this morning, but uh, understandably, he's a little gutted because he had the favourite for that two-year-old 
uh, Breeders' Challenge Blue final on Saturday night at Menangle, but she had to be scratched due uh, to a viral infection. So that's really disappointing news. So uh, she'll be okay, uh, but just missing out on a Group 1 race when she was a clear favourite. Little gutting bull connections there. Merlin's probably about a month away, the star three-year-old, uh, so he'll be back at the trials shortly. Muscle Mountain was at the trials yesterday in the South Island of New Zealand for Greg and Nina Hope, Ben Grove, so he's the number one trotter going around, so he's getting set for another big campaign. BD Joe was at that trial session as well. And just some sad news, Steve, Ray Davis passed away earlier in the week, uh, a family that is very well known in harness racing, in particular in New South Wales, but the Davis family have had a very close association with Queensland for a, a number of years, racing a lot of horses up here. All the Studley horses, Studley Ella, no doubt the best horse that the, uh, the Davis family have, but uh, they continue to race Studley horses here, there and everywhere, and there's a few that are actually starting up here in Queensland. So to all the Davis family, our uh, deepest thoughts and condolences going uh, to the family during this difficult time of the passing of Ray. So that's all the news. At this point, we'll have plenty of guests coming through tomorrow, Steve, as we count down towards the world's richest race, the Tab Eureka. Uh, we'll have Jared Daffy, Andrew Spagnolo, Bronnie Ewenberg, uh, Darren Clayton will join us. So there's a lot to get through tomorrow. Hopefully we'll be able to find a winner or two for that big meeting on Saturday night.